Well, good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? I'll just say this. After you turn 21, we all just celebrate anniversaries. And uh, this morning, it's so good to be here. I've been gone. For, I hadn't preached in three weeks, so, whoo, Michelle, y'all better put your asbestos suit on. That's all I got to say. And uh, uh, it's so good to be back. Uh, my wife and my two younger children had the privilege of uh, going to Tennessee, and we went to the mountains. We climbed two mountains, and we went, went whitewater rafting, and we just kind of hung out, and we, it was just incredible. We had a great time, and then Last night, my second son uh, had uh, got married, and uh, I was at someone's uh, little birthday party yesterday, and Luke was with me, and our neighbors had invited us over, and so, you know, the ladies go, Luke said y'all going to the nicest beach in all of Louisiana to get your son married, and, and she goes, what beach is that? And I go, well, we're going to Rutherford Beach. She goes, oh, Okay. I mean, what do you expect in Louisiana for a beach? Come on. And um, so, and then also, I'm just reminded this morning, it is my oldest son, Zachary's birthday. He's 27 years old, and I saw him this morning, patted him on the butt, and I remember that day that I was a proud daddy wearing my Panama Jack with the sun on your back t-shirt. My wife hated and despised that shirt. I think she tore it up and burned it somewhere. But anyway, I just... I remember 27 years ago, I held him in my arms as a new daddy and didn't know what the heck I was fixing to get my life into, but I'm so proud of Zach and uh, all that God has done and is doing in his life, and he married to Claire, and they have children, they give me, they've given me, and Tracy, grandchildren, we just love them to death, and so it's just so good to be here this morning, but you know, yesterday when I was at this party, I was... I was uh, hanging out with this, uh, talking to this guy. And you ever have people that are just kind of full of themselves? I'm going to talk about you just, you, you just being around people and they know everything about everything. They know everything you should do. And, and sometimes, you know, you ever meet someone, they're just full of themselves. And, 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 and who likes to talk to anybody like that anyway? Anybody, you know what I'm talking about? And, and, and sometimes you just want to, sometimes you just want to look at someone and go, forget you. Just forget you, man. I don't want to have nothing to do with you. How many y'all talking about? And I was looking, at, I, was, I was standing in this room, and everybody, I, I mean, no one really knows me in there. It's my neighbor, first time I met him. when I, I, was, I just felt the privilege of being able to go somewhere. And uh, I was looking in the back of his hand. I was telling my wife, I was thinking, you know, all these thoughts. I go, man, that dude's so stuck up. That guy's so, I mean, I forget him. And then, like, the Lord just kind of spoke to me. and goes, Bubba, don't forget him. I love him. And, you know, there's so many times that I, 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 I can look and back in my own life, and I've been full of myself. How about you? It's real quiet in here. And see, sometimes we need to look in the mirror and say, and look at ourselves and go, forget about you. Forget about you. And so, you know, this morning, it's not, it's not, life is not about me, and it's not about you. It's about something bigger, and there's something better. And see, this morning, there's a verse that I want to talk to you about this morning that I'm going to do. I'm going to do this series for two weeks because I want to go somewhere in this. But the verse that I'm going to really 
really look at and what we're going to study this morning is John chapter 3 and verse 30. And I just want to read it to you. And it's easy to remember. It really is. It's Jesus' word. It's Jesus. What, what's happening is this is what John says in John 3.30. John the Baptist he says, he must become greater. And if you look in the version I have, he said he must become greater and greater. I must become less and less. You know, the real essence of true ministry is when you become less and everybody becomes greater. Now, I'm not, when I say ministry, I'm not talking about being a preacher. I'm not talking about being a minister. I'm talking about you at your work, you at your family, you with people around you, your relatives, the in-laws and the outlaws that are part of your family. It's a, the essence of real ministry, it's not about you. It's about him. How many times in my marriage, my wife goes, Bubba, I just wish you would stop. Yeah, I, wish you I wish it wasn't just all about you. My, my nephew and I were talking, and he didn't mind me saying anything, but he said, man, when I first got married, my wife freaked out how much I like to hunt. And he goes, and then after a while, he said, I started realizing, he goes, it wasn't about my hunting anymore. I really needed to learn to invest my time into my wife. So if I, invest, if I thought less about me and my needs and met more of her needs, that she would let me go out the door and do what I like to do is go hunt and fish. And so this morning, this is not a message about hunting and fishing or justifying any of that. But this morning, Jesus, he's saying that John had baptized Jesus in the Jordan. And then what happens is John had told his disciples he wasn't the Christ. He said, don't look at me, guys. There's one coming greater that I'm not even fit to undo his sandals. And he says this, look at what John's disciples say to him. Look, if you would, in John chapter 3, verse 26, and I get my, my spectacles on so I can read, and because I'm celebrating my anniversary of turning 21. It says, they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, that man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testified about, well, he's baptizing people, and everyone is going after him. John's saying, hey, man, and this is what we don't like in our culture. Second place is okay. When, you, when people go to the Olympics, we don't talk about, yeah, they won the silver medal. What do we want in America? Come on, we want the, we want the gold. We want everything. You want the best. And so, you know, in our culture, we're, we're taught, you know, the big, we want the biggest, we want the best, you have to outwit, you have to outdo other people. That's just the way it is. But there's, a, there's another message John is sending us, and he's telling us something. You know, it's like when you meet someone who is into themselves, you just want to say, forget you. I wonder if God ever wants to say, to say man, you need to forget you, brother. You ever wonder that? I wonder sometimes God wants to go, son, Bubba, you need to forget you. It's real quiet in here. I'm Pastor Bubba. I've been away for three weeks. But it's good to be back. Because it's really not about me. See, when you meet someone who's full of themselves, you want to say that. But let's be honest. You really love being... Around people who, how many of you love being around people that love God, that are God-centered, and, 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 and you despise to be around those that are so self-centered? Have you ever been around people that are just so full of themselves, it's sick? It's so sick, it's like a big zit. 
They're so full of themselves, and you want to look at them. Can I just pop that for you? Because some, sometimes I've been around people, especially when I'm talking about hunting and fishing. Sometimes when I, I like to hunt, I'm pretty good at it. Done it since I was a little boy. And sometimes you go around guys and they're talking about all this stuff. And then, and then you realize they can't even shoot. They don't know what the heck they're doing. But it's all this talk. It's all this fluff. You know what I'm talking about? Come on. Women that know how to get those coupons and stuff. They, I mean, you ever... Man, they had that one thing, that coupon show where it's teaching ladies and the stores started getting smart and they stopped giving out as many coupons. But, you know, let's be really honest. In our society, everything is opposed to what the Bible says. Because, see, it's, not, it's, it's all about me. That's what, we, that's what our society says. Toby Keith's favorite song, it's all about me, it's about I, it's about number one. Okay? Oh, me? Oh, my? Anyway, just, I don't listen to him. I think he has a great voice. He's from Oklahoma. We have an Oklahoma outreach. I've heard that whatever you're critical of, you never reach. So I hope when we're there, someone leads him to Jesus, all right? But see, a lot of times, that's where our society is. It's about me. It's about I. It's about number one. And when you look at the Bible, it's, it's all about this. My rights. My views, my, my likes, I like, I don't. How many are you talking about? Isn't life, really, isn't life really about me? My Twitter account, my Facebook, my thing, my thing, my email. Man, come on. My phone, my thing, my gun, my cell, you know, my career, my kids. When I think, when there's a it's kind of like this. When, you ever having a group picture? Like you go, like my son got married on the beach last night, and yeah, Zach was showing pictures and stuff, and Tyler, my nephew, goes, he goes, he goes, I don't like that picture. Because sometimes you ever have it where you're in the picture, and you don't like what you look like in the picture? So you want to get rid of the whole thing? Can I just have confession? One time I was on my, one of my fattest moments in my life, okay? And my wife and I had gone, I have to say this, because, and, and, and it's like, I, 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 we're taking this picture, and it's like when I got the picture, I go, God, dog, Billy, you were like the Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I'm looking at the picture, and I go, I can't give this one to wife, my wife. I don't want her hanging on a wall, putting it in a frame. I mean, it just looks bad. And then one day, she's going through some pictures that I can't think I had on my desk or something that I brought back, some old ones. And she looking through the pictures, and she sees this picture and goes, Bubba. I never saw this picture. And I go, you weren't ever supposed to see that picture. How long have you been hiding this from me? About three years. How, what else have you been hiding from me? You know? So we don't have to worry about that picture anymore, though. Now, she has it. I don't know where. But, but you know, I love to be around people that are comfortable in their own skin. I just do. I like to be around people just being themselves. You know why? Because they attract people that are just authentic, people that are real. My, Zach, my son Zach and I were talking about this guy. He's a worship leader at Pastor Jacob's church, and he's really good. But the thing I like about him, and Zach was saying, you know, Dad, what I really like about him? He's not about himself. He said really what he does, he's, 
he really, he'll sing one song, and then he gets everybody else to kind of become better at what they do. And he's in, it's not about him. It's about him just helping other people. And see, when I think about Jesus, well, he wasn't about himself, was he? He said, I'm here for my father's business. I'm about my father's business. John the Baptist was saying, hey, man, everybody's looking at me and all these things I'm doing, but there's one greater. And we know this. When you meet Jesus, he's greater than you ever anticipated. He's greater than you ever thought. Come on. It's not about you anymore, and it's all of a sudden it's about what God can do in your life, and for the first time you can have hope. Come on. My wife ministered to a girl last couple weeks, and she lost her seven-year-old, eight-year-old boy, seven-year-old boy, nine-year-old, okay, nine. He, but they found out that he had brain, a brain tumor, and he died. Like, he went through it for two years. And, and, and all of a sudden, it's like their world fell apart because they really didn't have a spiritual family to encourage them. You know what I'm saying? And they thought about maybe there's something I did, something was wrong with me. And what happened when their boy passed away, they, they, put, they, put, uh, they, they blacked out, their, they painted their bedroom black. They put black shades over their, their windows and everything else because it was a dark moment in their life for several years. And my wife really got to minister, you need to have another baby. You know, she's baby queen, you know what I mean? She knows about babies. You need to have another baby. There's a nurturing thing. And then come to find out the husband's like, I don't want to go through that thing again. And just really had an opportunity. She really ministered to them. And see, it's not about us. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about God being greater in our lives. Let me ask you a question. How many of you want all God has for you? How many of you want to be the greatest you can in God? Then you know what? Forget you. See, we ought to be a church going around looking at people. Forget you, buddy. Forget you, girl. Now, I mean, what are y'all, rude over there? Everybody going, forget you. No, we want to forget us and remember what God can do through us. You know, to mature physically, we increase. But to mature spiritually, you have to decrease. Can I say that again? To mature physically, you have to increase. But to mature spiritually, you've got to decrease. What does that mean, Pastor Bubba? So, so it's different than what we're taught. But today we're going to look at what does it mean to be more about Jesus and less about ourselves. You see, to being less about me and more about Jesus means, number one, I lose my focus. In other words, I lose my focus on myself. On myself. I've done this before, but I'll do it again. And for all that you are new, welcome to our Savior's Church. Only good-looking people come to our church. We just want to let you know. And not only that, that not only that, but if you fill out a visitor card and bring it out to the kiosk at the end of the service, we'll give you a gift. We have a gift waiting for you. And so this morning, I want to do the thumb test. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Okay? Now, the thumb, put your thumb out. Come on, everybody here. If you're new, you're excited about this. If you're old, you're going to, oh, Pastor, here we go again. But you look at your thumb, and that represents you. And you just get focused on it, and everything around you becomes really blurry, doesn't it? But then when you get your eyes off your thumb, even though you're there, your problems, your circumstances, and you get your eyes off, and you begin to focus beyond yourself, everything else becomes very clear, and your thumb becomes something that you really don't even notice. And that's what I'm talking about this morning. You forget, you lose your focus on yourself. 
You see, Hebrews says this. Hebrews 12, 2. It says this. It says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. That's what the scripture says. You so, in other words, when our focus is on him, it can't be on us. Amen? You see, it's very difficult to do. You know, you know, one of the things that we preachers like to do is we like to get encouraging things. We hear people, you know, share things about, hey, their message really impacted me, pastor. You know, and they had this one pastor. He was, for years, they had this guy that was a, he was a very wealthy attorney in town. And his desire was to really reach this guy for the Lord. And the guy started coming to the church and he was like, oh, man, yeah, I'm going to preach. I'm going to preach the best I can and maybe I'll reach that guy. And he kept preaching, and things started happening, and the guy started kept, he kept coming to church, kept coming to church, and he was like, yeah, yeah. And finally, the guy comes down to the front, and he gives his life to the Lord. And the preacher goes, at the end of the service, he goes up to the guy, he goes, man, I'm so glad you gave your life to the Lord. But let me ask you something. Was it, which sermon was it? What story was it? What, what? He goes, he looks at the pastor, and he goes, it wasn't nothing you said. He said, there was a lady that, there's an old lady lives, that, that sits on the other side. I saw the way she treated people. I saw the way she gave. I saw the way she was faithful. And God used that lady to humble my heart. So can I just tell you something? It's not about me. I know this about Jesus. He can use anything that I say. I used to have a spirit, I, I, a guy that was one of my examples, his name Papa Salerno, and I love what he said. If God can use an, a, a, an ass of him in the Bible, that's a donkey, King James. He can use anybody him. He'd go to gas stations. He goes, hey, uh, you know my Jesus? He loves you. <laughs> you know, and for every one of us, God can use anybody. Because it's not about you. Thank you for all those amens. See, if everything is important, then nothing is important. Does that make sense? If everything's important, nothing else. See, focusing on the things Christ focused on means this. Where other people see death, we see life. Where other people, they, they see obstacles, we see, man, this is opportunity. Where other people, you know, they people, they, they find despair. We can go, there's hope. Let's lose focus and let's focus on Jesus. You know, the second thing is, I lose my stuff. You know, when I, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, you know, Solomon was the richest man that ever lived in the face of the earth. When Bill Gates, when Warren Buffett, it was Solomon, King David's son. And this is what he said in Ecclesiastes. He said, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. There's always something. How many of you have ever noticed something? You buy something, there's always something newer, and there's always something better when you buy it. Come on. I mean, just when I got my Benelli Super Eagle 2, 
They came out with another gun. Beretta came out with a, you know, I'm not, I don't mean to bore all you women, but this is me, okay? That's like you, oh, did you see that little, that little jean outfit? Whatever, it's a new, Gucci, Pucci, I don't know what they are. Fucci. You know? But it's just whatever is the latest and the greatest. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Just when you get the latest and the greatest, you know, the, all of a sudden the extrema comes out in the shotgun. You're going, well, right, well what's in the people? What's better? And I'm a Benelli man. Benelli's better than extrema. Sorry, Danny. But anyway, but I'm just teasing. But see, there's, all, there's always the bad. I mean, you can get an iPhone. Okay, where's my phone, babe? You can get this little thing. This right here, I used to love my my. my what are they called? The three? The G3? Three. Okay, that's how, that's how in-depth your pastor is to technology. Okay? I have to get my tech guys. They kind of help me out. But the, I had the, the 3G, and I loved it. But it started whacking out. And by the time they came, they had the 4. Then they had the 4S. Then they had the 5. If you got the 5, you in. See, I got the 4S, and I don't want to give it up. Okay? But... You know what? Right when this comes out, they got another one coming. Now they got something else fixing to come in, don't they? It's another one coming out. I read about. It. If you go to Best Buy, if you have a four or a G or a four S or whatever, you can go to Best Buy right now and get a five for free. And I told Josh, can can we go get a five? And he goes, No, we got. It's under a corporate account. You can't get it. Like, oh, come on, man. It's in it that way with everything. You get the new car, then they change the whole thing the next year. There's always something new. If you if you stay too long in the, you ever notice if you ever stay too long in a store that you find so many things that you never knew that you needed? Are you? If I go into Cabela's or a Bass Pro Shop or G and H, Gander Mountain, I can go down the list. I mean, you get me in one of those things, I'm locked up in a section. I'm looking at camo. I'm looking at stuff. I mean, my birthday, God knew when my birthday needed to be. My birthday's in October. Duck and goose season open up in November. When I get Christmas gifts, I'm not Christmas. It's like Christmas to me. But anyway, when I get birthday gifts and celebrate my 21st anniversary, and it's coming up, I, I won't give you the, it's October 8th. But I love getting those Cabela gift cards, those checks. And, and you know what I do with them? Yes, my wife. She's had to tell me one time, she said, baby, you have enough hunting stuff to supply Jennings. Go get you some jeans. Go get you some shirts. You don't need any more camo. But it's like you go there and they go, they got stuff, man. You go in there and you go, man, I never, if you're a fisherman, they get the new pin reel and you're going, oh, Man, this has how many gears? Oh, what? This is the thermal, thermal nuclear shirt. You won't sweat. You won't, I mean, come on. You will look good. You will look like the guy in the magazine. I just think I need more when I go into stuff like that. Do you know what I'm talking about? See, we get that, that stuff, 
stuff's not mine. But see, we get real emotional about things we think that, are, that we own. You ever notice that? You ever go sit like in a parking lot and, I, I mean, you, you're sitting in there and, and you're, you're, you're sitting in your car and all of a sudden, you know, you see someone else in the car and someone accidentally at Walmart opens the car door and it bangs on it and it puts a dent in the car and you go, man, bummer, dude. That's a bummer. But like you, you know, you go and you wash your vehicle. You spend time with it. You wax it. You, you, you look at it. You park way at the end of the parking lot, three bumpers away from everybody else. And then all of a sudden, someone pulls up on the side of you, and they open their car door on everything you've worked on because it was your car. And all of a sudden, you go, hey, what are you doing? Come on, I'm trying to speak real around here. <laughs> the same thing is true about our day. How many of you have a day where you go, it's my day. This is my day. We get a big list of things to do for your day. How many are you talking about? It doesn't matter that it's your day and that the Lord has made it. You get mad when someone interrupts your day. See, when you focus, when your focus is on Jesus, those interruptions, can I tell you what they become? Opportunities. Opportunities. You see, Matthew says it like this. Matthew 6, 24 says, No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve both God and money. See, if, you're a, if you have a good friend, like I have some good friends. I think I do. I do. And, you know, they want to come to my house. You can use that Spanish line. You know, mi casa, sir, uh, sir, casa. Thank you. Thank you for my broken Spanish. You know what that means? My house, your house. You see, we need to have this mentality with God. God, my stuff is your stuff. My house is your house. My shotgun now, I'm getting real personal right here. Is your shotgun. There's times when people haven't had guns, and I've given them my best. I really didn't want to because they weren't a good shot after I found out I gave them my best one. But I'm just speaking truth to you. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, I went to that church. They have that lying preacher over there. He's good every once in a while. But anyway. But see, my house is your house. My day is your day. My kids are your kids. No, that's how we feel sometimes. I mean, you know, with my wife, you know, I think, but we have six kids. That's a lot of kids. I mean, you know how to give grace to people that have lots of children. Like a 10-minute grace period. They can, all my kids should be able to go to school at 9 o'clock when everybody else is showing at 8 because we have six children. There's a grace. You know, there's a 10-minute grace for every child you have. Don't get any ideas showing up late. 
But see, you need to lose your focus on yourself and put your focus on him. I lose my stuff. It's all his. Is it? Is it his? Is it for the kingdom? The third and the final point is I lose my life. You know, in Matthew 10, 39, it says this. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. I mean, you know, you read that and you go, what was, what's that, all that stuff about? And I looked at my version. I love, and it's the New Living Translation, the NLT version. It says, if, we cling, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. What does that mean? You got to lose, we got to lose our life for what? For his sake. Thinking about being second place. Hey, I'm second fiddle to the master. Are y'all with me this morning? I know it's summer, it gets hot and all those other things. I'm so glad you made it here this morning. But I believe that God really wants to speak to us. and speak. We can lose our life in our career. We can lose our life in our social media stuff. We, just, we can lose our life in all these different things. I mean, sometimes I literally, my wife, I think sometimes she's one to pick this thing up. When I'm sitting there and I'm, oh, this is interesting. Come on. And I think sometimes she wants to pick this thing and go, forget you. Am I lying? No, she's not. All right. She just went, forget this. Because sometimes we can get so, oh, wow. I got to look at him on Facebook. Oh, look at off Safari. What did they say about him? I didn't, whoa, I didn't know. And I'm not saying it's bad, but if you get locked up into it, you can lose your family. You can lose the things that are important. Time, like this morning, I was, re- I was sitting at my desk and just reflecting things, and my wife has a picture, and it has, like, Zach. It has a picture of Zach and Claire in the corner. It has a picture of Matt when he was little. It has a picture of Andrew. It has a picture of Nathan when he was really young and stuff. And I, was just, I looked at my wife, and I just go, wow. That saying, time flies, it really does. And she just started, she, you know, that's why it's so important, Baba, that we put into our children. And she started teaching me. She's a teacher, so she started teaching me, which is, I don't have a problem with that. But just to see how mindful we need to be to, to literally put our lives into people that we love. See, because where do you see the, the idea of second place? You know where you see that idea of second place? It's hard It's hard to wrap this around your mind, but let me just tell you what it is. When you start pouring your life into your children, you have to take second place. Hello? You ever, I mean, sometimes my wife amazes me because she, all my children, let me just say, my children are the most spoiled children in all of Jennings when it comes to breakfast in the morning. Amen, Zach? I mean, they have a hot meal every morning. Pancakes, waffles, French toast, eggs, bacon, whatever. I'm not a breakfast person. I, I've missed a lot of those good breakfasts because I'm like, well, I'll give me my cereal. But, I mean, like Nathan was over there the other day, and he was just dropping something off. And he's like, I said, hey, bro, mama's making waffles. And he's been staying with Claire and Zach. And he goes, 
He goes, really? I said, man, you might can get a hot meal in there. He goes, oh, man. He runs in there and gets his meal. Because, see, and then when I see Zach stand up here, and he preaches the gospel. He was preached Father's Day. How did he do last week on Father's Day? You know? Or Pastor Josh. How did he do the week before? Come on. Zach's my natural son. Josh is one of my spiritual sons. But can I tell you something? When I see someone like that, when I see Zach get up here, you know what that does to me? That reminds me of all those moments my wife invested. I invested. Remember pulling him when I held him in my arms, and I, I remember dragging him. We used to have this alley where we used to live, and he used to have a real, little red wagon, and I'd drag him along in this little alley, and he'd sit back there, and my wife would make sure he had all, Bubba, you got blankets on him? Yeah, I mean, because we were living in Washington. She'd put wrap, all this stuff. Had, you couldn't even see him. You just eyes. <laughs> She's a first-time mama, so she's making sure that baby's good. And don't hit a bump. He may lean over. But I can remember all those mornings sometimes. And I, and I would be talking. I'd be, have my time with the Lord. And I'd roll that little red wagon and I'd, I'd pray for Zach. And then years later, I remember laying down. One of the most memorable and cute little moments in his life. We're laying down in our house in Lafayette looking at the stars one night. And I go, Zach, who made the stars? And he goes, well, well Dad. God made the stars. And I never go, well, so why did he make them? And he goes, Dad. I never forget, so we can enjoy them. But it was so innocent. But it was so real. But it was a moment. Now, that, I'm not going to tell you all the times he lied to me <laughs> or the things we had to do. No, I'm not going to tell you about that. I'll tell you all the cute. But there were those moments that we had, there were teachable moments. Hello? How I many you know what I'm talking about? But see, in parenting, it's that way. It's, dec- it's, it's decades of investment. You, you know, you're extremely proud when you see your children finally get it. They can go to someone's house and brush their teeth on their own. They can wipe their booty on their own without a stripe. They finally get it. And you go, they grew up. It doesn't bother you if you, if, you know what? And really as a parent, it really doesn't bother you if they go further than what you ever could achieve. Does it? No, because as a parent, you want that. And I think about God's heart. How he wants you. See, sometimes, you know what? Let me just say this. Sometimes you have to learn to preach to yourself. Anybody ever do that? Anybody ever had to preach to themselves once or twice? When it feels like your spirit is, is willing, but your flesh is weak, you know what you got to do? Forget you. When something, you know, is inconvenienced you and, and, all, and, all, and all your schedule's messed up and all this stuff, you got to sometimes you got to look at yourself, forget you. You know, when, when you would rather be, when you'd rather not serve in church and because of all these, you wanna, sometimes you need to go, forget you. And when this person hurts you and they deserve, then you deserve to be mad at them. Sometimes you have to look in the mirror and go, forget you, man. See, in order to forget yourself, listen to me. You need to understand that God doesn't forget you. 
You see, many of you walked in here this morning and you might, you, the world may have its way in your mind and your heart sharing things with you. How many of you know that the, the, the devil does talk to you? Okay, let's do a questionnaire. How many of you hear voices sometimes? Okay, the rest of you were praying. Because, you know, every morning I wake up, I hear voices. What do you mean? Oh, you can't do that. Oh, go back to bed. Hello? Okay, see, how many of you hear voices? Okay, still, we're still praying for a few of you in here. Because, you know, when I hear voices every morning, it's kind of like the, the impala in Africa. When it gets up in the morning, it has to hit the ground running. You know why? Because a lion's looking for him. And just like for us, every day the enemy's looking for a way or an area to entrap us or to capture us. And I just believe this. In order to forget yourself, you understand that God hadn't forgotten you. You know, I love what Isaiah says. Listen to what it says. Isaiah 49, 15. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast or have a compassion on the child she has bore? Though she may forget, this one it says, even though she can forget, I will never forget you. You know, the last couple of weeks, and I'll just be honest with you, God uses things, even things that you don't like, even cats. <laughs> Dana, you must be praying. And, and this morning, my, my little girl has a cat. It's named Snickers. And has four kittens and uh they're starting to try to get out of the box and stuff they're like four weeks old and stuff and so it's kind of funny you hear them and you know ah. but the joy that i've had dana it's really been good they had conjunctivitis so i get to put drops in the cat so they go yeah, yeah. <laughs> and anyway <laughs> it's for their good anyway And, hey, can I be honest? <laughs> See, I know y'all going, we need to really pray up, Dana. We need some prayer meeting for Pastor Bubba and cats. But it was funny this morning, those cats, meow, meow, meow. And they're trying to get out of the box. And, and you know, the mother's sitting at the box. And then one gets up like, he's getting up. He's trying to almost out of the thing. And it's kind of neat. And I thought, that cat's cool. And, and all of a sudden, the baby kind of, meow. And the, and, the cat, and the mama cat goes, <laughs> and knocks him down on the neck. And I go, this is great. I need to get this on video. And he goes, wow, wow. You know, I'm like, so I'm enjoying that anyway. But the cat's not about, she's looking at her baby. This ain't about you, baby. I ain't letting you get all over the house because I don't want to be chasing four kittens. Come on. God doesn't forget about us. When we cry out, he's right there. And see, those cats think, oh, hey, I'm going to get out of here. And the mom's going, no, you're not ready. And see, I believe this. It's really not a sacrifice because what we, have, what, we, what we get in return is actually better. You understand me? Oh, it's a sacrifice. It's not a sacrifice to be second. It's not a sacrifice less of me and more of him. I'm giving up for God. Hello? How many of you want to give things for God? Wow, that's pretty weak. How many of you want to give things up for God? Come on. How many of 
many want God to use you? How many want God to speak? Maybe you're here this morning, you go, I just want God. And hopefully you can find him this morning. Because you know what? We all had to come to, every person in this room had to come to a point in their life where they realized it's not about me anymore. It's not about what I want. It's not about what I need. It's about God. You know what? I gave it my best, and guess what? I was a miserable person. But when I turned over to Jesus, that I gave him my life, man, he brought me the wife of my dreams and kids, you know, that are beautiful, grandkids, you know, all that stuff, and a church where I just love you, and some of y'all love me, others of you wondering. That's okay. But can I just say this? If you're here this morning and you've been saying, God, I really, I really realize I've just been more about me. I've just been full of myself. And I want to forget about me. And I want all that you have for me, God. Can we pray? Let's pray. Father. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for just being so real. When we look through the scriptures, we so many, see so many examples when you laid your life down. God, we know it's more about you and less about me daily. It's more about you and less about me. Just reminded what Isaiah says. A mother, how she doesn't, if even if she forgot her child, that you would never forget us. You're here this morning, you wonder, well, where's God been? Maybe you've faced some things in your life, tragedies, circumstances, situations, just difficult times, and you think, well, God's mad at me. Can I tell you something? God's not mad at you. God loves you. He sent his son Jesus show you his love, his sacrifice. No matter where you've been, no matter who you are, no matter what side of the tracks you're from, Jesus loves you. Father, I just thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much that we can look and see this morning that it's not about us. Help us to get our focus off of ourselves get our focus on you because that's when we can turn and make things right just pray this prayer with me out loud this morning say Jesus come on do you can do better than that church say Jesus I come this morning I give you my heart take all the selfishness out of me and let me see you clearly and what you've done for me you demonstrated your love by dying on the cross for me now let me pray for you Father I thank you for those that have prayed that that really mean that church can we just give them applause for if they said come on just give it your best come on church you can do better than that Bible says when a person gives their heart to the Lord 
there's a rejoicing in heaven before the angels. That time, I used to think it was the angels used to clap. But it's God celebrating. Yes, my daughters come home. Yes, it's not about them anymore. Yes, my son that's been a prodigal, that's done all this stuff and people have written him off. Yes, he got it. Because it's not about them. They got a revelation. It's all about him. And so I think we should celebrate. We should be excited when someone gives their life. If you've trusted the Lord today, I'm excited for you. I rejoice with my heavenly father because it's not about me and it's not about you. It's really about him. Can we just stand to our feet this morning? And man, I'm so, I'm so glad that you're here with this morning. But can we just celebrate with a song before we leave? And I dismiss you. And I just want to pray a blessing. And Zach's going to lead us. And, and we're just going to celebrate. Come on, can we celebrate this morning?